In the summer of 1896, Hogan's Alley was the most popular cartoon comic in New York, and the most popular character in Hogan's Alley was the Yellow Kid. Hogan's Alley wasn't a comic strip. The idea of telling a story in a series of panels had yet to catch on. It was a single-frame cartoon featuring a large cast of tenement district urchins who lampooned a different upper-class fad every week from motor cars and golfing to the Madison Square Garden dog show. Of all the Hogan's Alley gang, the yellow kid was definitely the ringleader, impudent, hyperactive, and, in the eyes of some, vaguely foreign and sinister-looking. He seemed the perfect mascot for the paper he appeared in, Joseph Pulitzer's New York World. Pulitzer was not yet the universally revered figure he later became. Formerly a successful publisher in St. Louis, he had left that city under a cloud of scandal after a prominent Democratic leader was shot dead in the office of his paper's managing editor. Aside from its color comics, the world was perhaps best known for sensational headlines like Baptized in Blood, Little Lotta's Lovers, and After 392 Children Died During a Heat Wave, The Unforgettable How Babies Are Baked. Even Pulitzer's most respectable accomplishment, the raising of the money for the Statue of Liberty's pedestal, was not warmly appreciated by everyone. The world campaign had been a little too pointedly directed at the paper's immigrant constituency. At a time when immigrants were pouring into New York at the rate of 1,000 a day, and many native-born Americans feared that they would soon be politically disenfranchised, Pulitzer's success at organizing the foreign-born, even if only on behalf of a statue, seemed to set a dangerous precedent. As deplorable as Pulitzer was, the most recent arrival on the New York newspaper scene was even worse. William Randolph Hearst, a Californian who had purchased the New York Journal in the fall of 1895, was heir to a fabulous fortune based on silver and gold mines a rich kid whose politics were even farther to the left than Pulitzer's. Moreover, Pulitzer, however shrill and sensational, had ambitions to be an educator and opinion maker. No one suspected him of seeking high office on his own behalf. With Hearst, there was no such assurance. Hearst's admiration for the founding father of the Golden State, John C. Fremont, was well known, and there were many who suspected him of wanting to become the Fremont of Cuba and further, of wanting that only as a stepping stone to the White House. One story about Hearst that everyone knows, if only from the bodlerized version presented in the movie Citizen Kane, is that he sent reporter Richard Harding Davis and artist Frederick Remington to Cuba in the winter of 1896-97 to report on the rebellion against the Spanish colonial government. Remington supposedly found himself in Havana with nothing much going on, he cabled Hearst, Everything is quiet. There is no trouble here. There will be no war. I wish to return. Hearst immediately cabled back, Please remain. You furnish the pictures, and I'll furnish the war.